You're listening to the B Word Unpacked, brought to you by Good Stock Consulting. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the B Word Unpacked with Good Stock Consulting. This is the fourth of our COVID-19 episodes. If you haven't already, check out our previous episodes, the first of which provides a deep dive into all of the facts about the pandemic. The second, a look into the life of a Black woman living in New York City, navigating being sick, getting tested for the virus, taking care of her elderly mother, all while self-quarantining. And then the third explores this newfound role of teacher and doggone administrator that many of us find ourselves in while homeschooling our children. Yeah, and depending on where you are in the country right now, at this point, you're probably from four to eight weeks into this new normal of self-quarantining during this global pandemic or potentially starting the process of reintegration. Shout out to everyone who's had the opportunity to get back out into the world. And what I know to be true is that this mess is hard, y'all. This sucks. So we thought that we'd not only share some of our respective challenges and struggles during this surreal season, but that it would be valuable to bring on a mental health practitioner who can answer some of our questions and help put things into perspective. All right. And y'all know, we always like to do this thing where we jump into a quick lightning round. Lightning Lightning round. So we know that there's been opportunities to engage with folks um, in ways that we kind of occupy our own time. We've seen the TikTok videos and those kind of things, right? So ladies, what have you been doing in this downtime of self-quarantining and and this pandemic to like take your mind off things? So I'll I'll kick it off. For one, I've taken up this new hobby of, um, I'm now a dog groomer. Um, Matter (laughs) of fact, Um, as you can see, this is my beautiful work. Um, I you know, I'm available. <laughs> Y'all, I gapped him up. And I, you know, and I, I have a new appreciation for um, dog groomers because they don't stay still. Okay, so it was, it was, it was art. Um, I've also taken up playing a guitar. I bought a guitar um, probably in January and it's been on display in my, in my house. Um, Figured I would start teaching myself how to play. So that's been um, beautiful in a non-beautiful way. Okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm beautiful I, like that dog. You know, this, first of all, look at the Mona Lisa. Okay. You look at the Mona Lisa and then you look at this and you tell me that's not. Well, it is subjective, friend. It is <laughs> everything. <laughs> first of all, Anthony, I'm loving your countryness right now because I never heard guitar pronounced guitar. guitar. And it just makes the <laughs> instrument just guitar. sound that much more like compelling. I'm about to play my guitar. I thought so, that's You just mentioned it. Now I realize that's wrong. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. Okay, how do you say, it, Kelly? Uh, for me, real talk, being outside and being active has what's allowed me to keep my sanity during this period. Um, we pretty much have the same routine. We get up super early. I throw some clothes on Max. I put my workout clothes on. And then I'm like, okay, bud, you want to go for a race? And then he thinks we're racing, which is great, which means he's going super fast. And then I'm jogging behind him. And I am now up to four miles. I can jog four miles uninterrupted, which for me is like huge progress. So yeah, I'm proud of that accomplishment. So COVID gave me the ability to run longer distances than I ever was able to. Um, And during those rainy days, uh, I have resurrected, y'all know I'm old school. I'm like the anti-social media Luddite of the group, but I've resurrected my Billy Blanks 
Tybo DVDs. Oh, I don't know what? if you're familiar with Tybo. Is that like vintage? Yeah, that's pretty vintage. But <laughs> I've been doing those Tybo <laughs> on rainy days, and um, I love okay. it. And I get my full sweat on, and then my son's in the corner, like doing it with me too. So just moving my body and staying active has been a must for me. Right. You know, I really like that about Kelly. You have been on this whole new fitness journey that has been like remarkable, like yes. night and day. It's been amazing. Right. In fact, the next time I get to see you, please touch me, hopefully by osmosis or something. I get a little <laughs> bit of it. But I ain't doing none of that. I just started back Good. on the treadmill because I thought our crazy ass president, uh, he's probably going to open up this country soon. Yeah. So I need at least a two-week head start because yep. this quarantine 15 is real. And <laughs> mama going to need to look like herself when outside opens back up. Indeed. So, yep. So thank you, Fran. Keep keep holding me accountable and talking about this journey because I've been I enjoying will. that. I will. Yes. On the weekends, though, um, I've been enjoying a lot of podcasts and audiobooks and even Netflix. I don't usually have a whole lot of time to just sit and watch TV. So this has been pretty what, nice. What you watch um, on Netflix? So Netflix, so I did watch Black AF. Okay. Same. Same. That, that's another conversation. Did you watch um, Tiger King? I did watch Tiger King. I mean, everyone watched Tiger King, right? And I it's have such been. Binged it. I oh. also watched um, Hentified. It's about this Mexican-American family in Los Angeles, and it is so good. And half of it is in Spanish, and so literally my dream last night was like 80% in Spanish. That's and, what's up. Um, that's what's up, right? But I feel like I'm only retaining like the inappropriate words. But nonetheless, I'm enjoying that. Um, but listening and learning from other people really helps my brain to slow down. So that's why I like listening to books and listening right. to podcasts. Um, Y'all know I have my two kids, eight and five-year-olds. And I have a full-time job outside of Goodstock, so my weekdays yeah. are pretty slammed. Like, You're we start at 8. Over. Yeah, we end about 4 or 5, and after that, it's time for a cocktail. So, right. yeah. that's all mama got. Right. But honestly, now more than ever, guys, I recognize and appreciate my many, many blessings. I mean, a crisis will do that for you. Uh, mm. There are also so many new stressors and challenges. We hope that this episode that you our faithful listeners you guys will recognize that you are not alone in this we are all struggling and there are ways that we can cope so let's unpack our mental health insanity let's do it welcome, welcome to, to the, the b-side it's my pleasure to introduce you to Tanel Jones, licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed addiction counselor. I have known Tanel for four plus years now. We first became friends through Dewana, who's Tanel's bestie and then who became my work wife. And so there have been moments when I think Tanel almost questioned if I was trying to steal her bestie. I was <laughs> with her bestie. But since that time through Dewana, you know, we've had countless opportunities to create memories. We've, we've been to happy hour together. We've celebrated each other's birthdays. We have chilled at the beach. We are in a book club together. So lots of time together. And listeners, I want y'all to know that at each and every one of these situations, Tanel was rocking a serious heel. Okay, I mean a serious heel to stay on play. Even at the beach, 
she had on wedges. I absolutely <laughs> love her swag. Consistency. And so <laughs> without further ado, to now I'm kicking it over to you. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Great. Yes, thanks. Okay, so I'm originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yes. Wow. Yes. I did not know that. Well, I am. Yes, I grew up in Park Hill, so I'm familiar with Brandy Hilton, Ebony's sister. I think I remember seeing Ebony when she was little. <laughs> y'all, for, for a second, y'all, honestly, I didn't even know. Y'all didn't even tell me that. I didn't know. Park Hills come through. I'm you go to Park Hills. I went to Park Hills Elementary for sixth grade, and then, of course, Carr, Virginia High, and Spartanburg High School, which is the best, yes. Somebody look at home, girl. Look at <laughs> Okay, come through. Go ahead. That's yes. Um, so I, I came to Charleston because I wanted to go to Charleston Southern University and I just stayed. So I've been here longer than I have been in Spartanburg. Okay. And so I tell the story all the time when I was five, I already knew what I wanted to do, which was be a counselor. And the reason I wanted to do that, um, I credit Sesame Street because it was just important for me to know that people knew their worth in this world and the mm -hmm. best way for me to do that is through counseling okay. and so um you know a lot of times people go to counseling because they're like being told what's wrong with them or they want to find out that's not my style i'm always trying to help people see like the many strengths that they have and the gifts and that their their life is worth fighting for so i've been able to do that for 23 years in various um ways i do um i work for musc right now at the national crime victims research and treatment center working with a lot of people who've experienced some type of trauma or crime. And then the other part of that I do, um, I'm a, I work as a health educator for Empower Program, teaching teens how to engage in um, sexual, positive sexual health relationships and communication. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy doing that. And I'm the board chair for People Against Rape. And I do private consultant on self-care, trauma-informed, trauma, traumatic bereavement. Uh, I'm a family system person, so I love helping organizations become well and with that you know everybody's preaching self-care but they don't like even companies but they don't really teach it for um, employees it's like you need to take care of yourself but they don't really create space for them to do that so I enjoy going in and teaching people about like just changing their perspective on self-care so that's a little bit about me yeah come through Sesame Street I, I love Sesame Street grew up on it <laughs> that's a long resume mama got received right <laughs> So we are so glad that you're here today because like you just said, this is a very big topic. So often we talk about hashtag self-care or um, EAP programs through our workspaces, but mm -hmm. how to get there and what are even some signs um, and symptoms that you should be cognizant of are things that we don't really talk about as much. So hopefully we really get into that with this episode, even thinking about this pandemic from a mental health perspective. Um, beyond loss of life of friends and family, you know, we're really working to keep each other uplifted in prayer because we know so many people are dying every day. Mm -hmm. um, some of the biggest challenges that I think many folks are experiencing include um, the drastic changes in just the daily schedule and movement, you know, the challenge of staying positive in the face of so much death and devastation and the onslaught of just negative information coming from countless directions and sources, the sources that are supposed to be there to really guide and lead us. So what are your thoughts about how folks can cope with this change and how we can 
stay positive. And when I say how to stay positive, I mean tangibly, like what are some concrete things that we can do to stay positive in the face of so much negative energy and trauma? Um, okay, so I want to try to address a each lot. question differently. No, mm -hmm. so the first thing I want to say is that we don't talk about a lot of self-compassion. So self-compassion is a skill that builds courage and resilience in the face of life when it's tough and when it's uncertainty. And so this practice really allows people to see things as they are rather than what you tell yourself they are or they should be. Obviously, if you pay attention to social media and news, a lot of people are thinking this isn't true or this is the way things should be happening. And so getting caught up in that, um, oftentimes you start to ne neglect yourself. So Simply put, self-compassion is really just about treating yourself well with as much, if not more, loving and kindness as you would a family member or dear friend. The reason why I'm bringing that up first, because we always want to start with yourself first. You can't do anything externally until you deal with yourself. And um, so the first step to building self-compassion is just to be comfortable with assessing and acknowledging when you are experiencing distress. Um, learning how to identify what you feel in the moment and what you're thinking in the moment and most importantly accepting that without trying to push that away mm -hmm. again we are taught that feelings feelings is the most natural thing that we have and so we're taught to put a like it's okay like so Kim if you got angry most people will be okay but if you start to cry everybody's going to try to <laughs> shut you down let's not talk about our sadness when really this is a very sad time people are losing family right. members they're losing loved ones and so um, if we don't make space for to to be able to express those doing a disservice to yourself. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about self-compassion. The other part of self-compassion is to do it without judgment. Oh my gosh, there are so many people that are critical of us. You have to be that one person who is not critical of yourself and learning how to say kind things in, in all moments of your life, not just uh, when it's easy to do, but also when it's difficult to do. Because um, chronic harsh self-criticism can actually lead you to feel worthless and cause you to engage in unhelpful behaviors. And that's something that you don't want to do during this time is to do things that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. So in this time, some things that you can really say to yourself is just, may I be accepting of myself and my experiences? May I be loving toward myself? May I be wise and understanding? So you can just wake up and just say these things to yourself in the morning, throughout the day, at the end of the day. Um, and the other part is just paying attention to your body, taking care of your body. Um, just notice how you sit. I know a lot of us probably are working from home and we're on the computer, we're on Zoom meetings. You have to be able to adjust your posture. Yeah. As I'm needed. Um, yeah, That's sit up straight. Yeah. Um, hold your spine straight straight, shoulders relax, your head upright. So being able to do that. Also allow yourself to adopt a warm and friendly expression with a gentle smile. So even if somebody is saying something and you're really upset, keep that half smile because guess what? It's going to be helpful versus, you know, looking like, you know, <laughs> like it's the end of the world, which it could be, but you know, yeah, just kind of have a smile. Out if, if, <laughs> parts now. I feel like now I have a right now. <laughs> um, Something else I would like for you to do right now is if you can, just gently wrap your arms around your shoulders and give yourself a hug of support, um, you know, because again, this is difficult time and we all need that and we can't be around those loved ones that we can hug. So hugging yourself. And so that's kind of self-compassion. So self-compassion, self-compassion, positive self-talk and self-care, which I'll talk a little bit more about um, in the in the show. You know, right. those were all fantastic points. So as, as you know, um, and some of our viewers know, I'm a medical doctor. 
And so there's many of us in the medical field that have been having a very difficult time in dealing with this um, from a couple different points. One of being, you know, you hear about the things on, on media and you go on social media where people are literally complaining and protesting about going out and I'm, I'm mad that I have to stay in my house. And it's like, well, when you go out of your house, when you get sick, you then come and breathe in my face and can potentially right. kill me. Um, and, and, and not only just the healthcare workers, you also have to consider the grocery store workers, the, mm -hmm. the, um, the people that's working in Walmart and Target, the ones that are now deemed essential workers. They're not appreciated. They're not, they're not paid what they should be paid, but now they're literally keeping the nation afloat. Um, and that being the case is, I'll tell you that to real life situation, I had a full fledged panic attack two weeks ago of where I was getting in the shower, getting ready to get to, um, to go to work and I, I covered the ICU. And this is when the cases were first start rolling out. And I had a realization of I could die, you know, so, when you see me right now sitting with bad posture, kind of leaning on this chair, it's because I am I am completely physically, emotionally, spiritually drained at this point. Where other people have been doing TikTok videos with their families, literally I come home and think to myself, okay, let me think back. Did they cough on me? Was this person positive? We don't have a test for them. Mm -hmm. Could they potentially be? And so how do you cope with this? Um, with battling that portion of I want to keep myself well and then getting on to the you know the social media platforms of where people are complaining about the fact they have to stay at home of which I understand the, t the financial taxings of it but at least I know you're safe and then topped on top of that the people who are coming up with conspiracy theories and telling oh, that this is all fake and right. and you just and it compounds on you of how then how do I deal with all these voices in my head that are saying, you're getting set up in this whole process. Black and brown people are dying. You're a healthcare worker. You have all the check boxes. We're the one that won't see Christmas. How do I keep myself from being broken in that awareness? Yeah, okay. So during this time, everybody's gonna, or most people are probably gonna have fear, worry, and anxiety. And I wanna guide you guys through an exercise that I really implore everybody to be able to do every day. So the first thing you wanna be able to do is again, have that awareness of what it is you're feeling. So you take out a piece of paper, you create four lists. One is your fear list. The second is your worry list. Write this down, fear list. Fear list. Okay. Your worry list. Okay your anxiety list, and then your responses. Mm -hmm. So fear, as you know, is, is in a natural emotion, um, and it's something that you feel like is immediately threatening you. So in that list, you will write down the things that you feel like are immediately threat to your safety. Like let's like say, you know, like again, somebody stood in front of you and they just coughed in front of you or whatever it is. What are your immediate fears? So you kind of just list them out for that moment or that day. Um, worry is natural as well. It's just kind of, um, you can worry about anything. We can worry about anything we want to. So worry usually has thoughts that begin with what if. So you would list out all of your what if thoughts. Okay. Um, and then, uh, of course, unlike fear and worry, anxiety can take a life of its own. So mm -hmm. anxiety is usually the result of focusing on things that have already happened in the past mm -hmm. or things that may happen in the future. Right. And it can be a 
chronic 24 state of arousal and muscle tension um, that really can become indiscriminately and ineffectively toward every, directed toward everything um, where even small problems can feel like crises. So that third list, you're going to just write out um, things that you just feel anxious about and during this time based off of things that you're seeing, hearing, experiencing, reading, doing. So what are things you're worried about in the future? Um, so that's the third list. The fourth list is going to be where you're going to focus on four types of responses. The first one is your physical response. So as a result of everything that's going on, what have you noticed in your body? Is your heart pounding more? Is your pulse rapid? Do you notice any numbling or tingling in your body parts? Like what is, what's happening? Are you hunched over more like throughout the day? You, you know, so kind of pay attention to what's going on in your body. The, the second part is the emotional effects. So have you been feeling more helpless, helplessness, hopelessness, or just a strong desire to escape? So you write down some of those thoughts. And, and the um, third part, I, I said four, but it's really three, the behavioral responses to all of this. And we've all been seeing it. Are you increasing your alcohol consumption, drug consumption? Are you doing more avoidance? Are you hyperventilating? Are you having more panic attacks? Mm -hmm. So being able to write those things down, that awareness in itself is powerful. Because again, if you are floating through your day and you don't know what you're thinking and feeling, that can be difficult. So when you write that down, the second part of that is um, your thinking, so we have emotions, we have thoughts. Your thinking is actually the work that allows you to be able to look at some of these thoughts to say, is this a, a real thought or a rational thought? Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, if, let's say if you had a, had a worry that, um, you know, let's say you had a worry that um, somebody's going to come to your door and just maybe cough on you 20 times a day is how ra how rational is that just kind of being able to think through that and so that just this exercise again gets it out of your head because the more these thoughts these anxious thoughts stay in your mind the more your mind kind of takes control and then you don't really know what to do so that's the importance of getting it out because you can look at it and say okay this is not a real concern or my mind's just playing with me and I can be able to let that go that blessed me. Thank you, Janelle. I, I got a page full of notes over here, y'all. That was powerful, girl. I feel like we could hit pause right now and the episode would be complete. I, listen, I owe you money. I owe you money <laughs> because that was a whole therapy session for me. I got bullet points of things to do. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was great, Janelle. Right. So um, I'm going to shift the discussion a little bit and, and dive in even further. So Ebony has started to share some of what is concerning her personally during the season. And I want us all to dive into it a little bit more. So each of the three of us is gonna share a little bit more about what some of our challenges or worries have been over this past you know, month of self-quarantine. And then to now, I'm gonna ask you to unpack some of the themes that you hear from what we've shared. So um, Kim, why don't you kick us off? Okay. I think my biggest worry, so it hasn't been social distancing or being quarantined to our homes. I really enjoy being in my house. I'm a homebody. And it's um, a when I, it's a yeah. And, you know, I like decorating. And so 
I don't mind being here. I think what I worry most about is um, are, are my family members, those who may not be listening to, or may not be taking the information as seriously as I hope they do, uh, may not be washing their hands, mm-hmm. or just the anxiety of what will come. I don't really like surprises in life. And I feel like we're all on this big roller coaster of life and we don't know where it ends, what it looks like when we get off. And so that's probably where the most of my anxiety comes from, not knowing what the future will hold mm-hmm. and making sure that my family members that I, like um, Ebony said earlier, I want to make sure that my people are still here come Christmas. Yep. And so that's probably my biggest, my biggest anxiety points. I was trying to discern between are these anxious moments are points of um, worry as you were going through your list. Um, and I might, I need to think on that a little bit more just for myself. I'm a natural worrier. I worry all the time, but maybe that's anxiety and I just haven't been able to pinpoint it just yet. But yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I think um, mine is along the same lines on in an, a slightly different um, depth to it too because I've already had a family member who has passed away from COVID-19. Um, rest in peace. Um, but um, one of the things is, as a medical provider, it's my biggest fear that I will have to take care of um, a family member that has COVID-19, meaning that I don't, I don't want you to be in my ICU on event. I literally called my sisters um, and mom the other night when there was a study released out of Greenville that showed that Greenville had the highest traffic in the nation. And I called my mom and my sisters and um, the week previously, we had already had a conversation of, I told them I've completed my will. Here it is. I've completed, um, you know, my life directives. This is what I would want for my situation because I'm in it, like I'm getting exposed. So I, I need to be honest and real with myself of that's a real potential. But as soon as I saw that on the, um, on the news about Greenville, I said, y'all need to get in the car. And y'all need to just come and stay with me. And if that means I have to go and sleep in the basement or I have to sleep in a completely different part of the house, I will to protect y'all. But I am concerned that the system is going to be overran. And I don't want to have to see my sisters who are my rocks or my mother who is my everything. Like to see them in that situation and feel like I haven't done enough to protect them is a lot and so what i what i found myself and i I literally told myself the other day you got to get some sleep you got to get some rest it has been non-stop if if i am not at work i am doing a town hall meeting i'm doing a a, uh, facebook live virtual meeting i'm doing calls to congresspersons on it friend i've been on it i I mean but it but and the reason being is i know it's is to keep my anxiety low to, to be able to say I tried. And you know what I mean? To to um yeah, to do to do my part in saying that if I can just get that one person that might not have been listening on Monday, but they listened on Wednesday, that that they won't die too, especially in the black and brown um, community that we you know that we are both from in Park Hills. Park Hills is a perfect example of the population that is dying from this. And, um, and I don't want my people to die, so. That's powerful, Ebony. Um, you know, my responses are aligned with, but with both what you and Kim have been sharing, they kind of fall into kind of three buckets. I mean, the first one is really 
getting my father to understand the gravity of what is happening and to maintain the social distancing guidelines. You know, I lost my mother going on three years ago. And the reality is we always joke, like mama would have loved this season because she loved to stay at home, be in her bed, curled up with a book. So this would have not meant anything to her. But my father is the exact opposite, y'all. I mean, he's 80 and he goes out like four or five nights a week. And so getting him to stay at home has been just... A, a major challenge. I'm talking, I've had multiple breakdowns, called more aunties, called on the Lord, because yeah. I don't want to lose the only parent that I have left. Mm. Plus, you know, we know that a lot of our elderly relatives are dealing with not just the physical issues, but then the mental, the, um, the dementia issues, the memory loss issues. Right. And so right. somebody could have been told, well, you need to stay home and wash your hands, but they forget that within like two minutes. Mm-hmm. So just the, the stress of that has been weighing on my spirit and um, just caused a lot of inner turmoil because again, I want him safe. Um, so that's kind of my one bucket of, and it's not just my father, it's a lot of elderly relatives who believe I've made it to 70, I've made it to 80. Yeah. You know, I know how to navigate in this world. And I'm like, but this is one instance when I need you, please, to listen. For me, for me. I am saying, you know, I'm like, you always like to brag on, I sent my daughter to NYU, she's she's public health. I'm like, listen to me. You know, so that's one stressor. The other big bucket for me is really, and this this is why this list you talked about to know is super helpful, but I want to be super conscious of maintaining a, a positive home environment. And that gets to be more and more stressful, you know, when you're up on each other. And so like the everyday bickering or hell, let me keep it real, arguments. Okay, there are arguments in my yes. head. Okay. Kelly, out there. So like, already you know, four times. Girl, like the everyday arguments, like I... When I feel something is escalating, I always now, like, we look at each other, and I'm just like, pause. And I'm like, He's, he goes to bed at 8.15, we will this conversation at 8.30. But, like, I don't want to have, like, these super explosive moments, because this, my son, much like all the little ones out there, he remembers everything. 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 So I just don't want him remembering me in just like moments of ugliness yeah I just don't want that imprinted on him right so the maintaining the home environment is another one that's a stressor and then the last one for me is just the what does the future hold next you know um some of our listeners might know some might not but I left my full-time job in December for what was going to be this mini sabbatical. It's like, oh, I'm taking a sabbatical for two months and then I'm going to figure out what's next. And y'all, then a pandemic came. And I'm yeah. like, that's shit. Oh, oh yeah. okay. What's next? Yeah. You know, so my options look different. And um, t- to be real, I just thank God, you know, one, I had the privilege to say, I'm going to take a sabbatical. Not everybody can do that. You know, I have savings. I'm prepared. I'm not worried, my husband supports us. So like the financial stressors, that's not the stressor. But for me, who was a person who like, I like to know what my path is gonna be, Mm -hmm. it feels kind of weird. You know, it feels kind of weird not to be able to say, I'm gonna define it because right now I can't define it. So 
we've put a lot out there to now, and I would love for you to unpack some help of those. Us. Huh? Help, help, us. Us. help us. Help us. We are struggling. We help are just helping people. <laughs> Right, so now the one, the one that I really want you to focus in on, because I hear, I've heard this from so many people, but really like the challenges around maintaining positive family dynamics yes. during this season. Yes. Help us to know. Help us okay. stay married through the COVID. I will do my best. Okay. So there's something that I like to teach people that's called the AHA um, way of taking care of yourself and this AHAA. And so again, want to kind of tap into that awareness. Awareness, um, so this, you would just take some time, you and everybody in your house, because if you have a house, you're not the only one going through this. Everybody's going to experience it. So take some time and make a list of all of the demands that are on your time and energy that you have in this new world. And then ask yourself why you may be attached to a certain activity or habit. And what's the worst that could happen if you changed that? Right. Um, and so then, uh, then you would do kind of a really assess and acknowledge what your strengths are and your areas of concerns and pay attention to if you have children, your children, your children's strengths and their learning styles and how you might adjust your home space so that it suits mm -hmm. everybody's needs, not just yours. So for couples, because a lot of couples have been struggling with this, um, I'm getting a lot of marriage and family couple calls. Mm -hmm everybody's working from home probably, right? Most people are. So when you go to work, your job has a mission statement, a vision statement, and values. It's time to now set that for your home. Girl, you better preach. Listen. So sit down and ask everybody, what is our mission here? We don't know how long we have, but what do we want our mission to be? What's our vision? And what do we as a family? Okay, Hold on to that. Everybody gets involved up. in that conversation. Yeah, you, you, start, okay. right. you gotta start from the beginning. Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> okay. What's our mission? What's our vision? vision? And what values do you hold dear to you as a family that you want to make sure you're focusing on every day? What a man that they need to be the first ones on this listen. Tag them. Okay, continue. So in your new work environment, you also then want to make sure you um, create safe space for everybody to share their emotions. Everybody's not going to have the same emotions. So you might do what you do at work, have meetings throughout the week, you know, kind of like a check-in meeting. How are we doing? How are we doing with our vision? What values did you notice in other people today? So not only just kind of focusing on the negative things, what three things did we do well? Um, you can also kind of do this in the morning, say, okay, what is our intention for today? What are, what are three things we want to accomplish? And most importantly, at the end of the day, as a family you have, whether it's over dinner, whatever pleasurable thing that you enjoy doing, you have another little meeting where you say, okay, what is something that we need to carry with us for the next day? And what can we let go of? Like, we don't need mm -hmm. to even bring up anymore. Um, so, I'm, being, I'm being petty right now because I'm thinking you should send a Zoom link. <laughs> Everybody in the house got name bags. Right, listen, raise, <laughs> raise the hand in the chat room if you yes. got to say. Uh, but we need to record this. <laughs> I need evidence. Okay, so play it back. And we're yes. what you said. Yes. No. Right. That's hilarious. And what about okay, so so that's for families. What about for people who are literally in the house by themselves all yeah. day long? What mm -hmm. about you know? Those people who, um, 
I don't know, they, they were doing long distance relationships and that worked great when you can get together every other weekend. But now that that's been shut off, how do you maintain those types of relationships? So if you have some type of computer with a camera, I would say be creative. I don't, uh, this is an adult show, right? So figure out ways where you can okay. still okay. be okay. talking about all between those lines for now. <laughs> Get a shoulder in there. <laughs> Be into it and connect to each other. Uh, again, find out ways to, so here's the thing. As an individual, you really want to ask yourself, what's important to me? What do I value? Mm-hmm. And life is really about trying to do those values through activities. So if you used to be able to go somewhere, like I love the beach, I can't go to the beach. However, I will look at pictures of the beach all day long if it makes me feel, or go sit outside, whatever you can that's going to get you close to doing what you value. That really does, if you're able to shift your mindset, that it really does bring a level of peace in your life mm-hmm. and an acceptance. So with acceptance is I know that I cannot control a lot of the things that the government is going to do. I can control myself, which is very hard for people to realize. <laughs> we want to control everything and everybody. Um, but just being able to accept that this is where we are. This is our new way of life and there's no going back. Um, so no, I, no go ahead. I'm sorry. So again, concentrate on what's in front of you. Ask for help if you need it within your household, outside of your house. Try to minimize distractions. Um, Just renew your daily purpose as needed. Mm -hmm. Um, Most importantly, be flexible. So I talk a lot about psychological flexibility, but be flexible in that today is not going to be like tomorrow. And maybe even this moment may be different from the next moment. And have compassion for everyone in the house forgive yourself and forgive others. So that's kind of some things that I would encourage people to do during this time. Allow for mistakes. That's like a big one. Like, no, again, this is all new, so you can make a mistake. Yeah, so now some, when you just said acceptance and um, psychological flexibility, that really just resonated with me. I think in the first two weeks of this, I failed to accept that this was going to be the new normal. So mm-hmm. I was still like, going to my office and I work in a healthcare center. So I was still like strapping up to go into the office like a half a day, which really I could have done everything I needed to do for those four hours at home. I was, I felt like I wasn't as engaged in homeschooling because I thought this is just going to be for a temporary period. I am not trying to relearn all of these new apps and functions that you guys need in order to do your work. And I just was, I felt like I was floundering. Like I was just all over the place, just trying to, just not accepting what was already laid out and what I knew was coming. And then once I accepted it, it felt like a a burden was lifted off of my shoulders because then I really could um, get back that control that I needed in my life. So once I accepted that this is what it would look like, then I could outline a schedule. Then I could set up a routine. Then I could make sure that the kids were, fully plugged in and engaged in homeschooling in a way that felt more proactive than just reactive. I felt like I was letting life happen to me and my personality type doesn't really agree with that. I need, I need a path much like Kelly. We need paths. Yep. I also want to challenge, you know, you hear a lot about balance and I always say, again, if this is an adult show, balance is bullshit. You can't balance everything. Everything does not equal weight. 
So I, I really focus on teaching people harmony. And harmony is different because it allows you to just be in that moment and give quality over quantity. I so even that. if you have 10 minutes with your kids, you give them the best 10 minutes because kids really don't know. They're not like, oh, mama only gave me 10 minutes. They're going to know this was the best time I've had with mom. Yep. They're not necessarily counting the minutes. So mm -hmm. being able to focus on the quality of time you invest in something, not the amount of time and using those things about your life and, and know what needs to be in the front and what needs to be put in the back versus I got to, everything has to be the same amount of time and the same amount of weight. That's not necessarily true. Um, also with Harmony, you want to want to find something pleasurable about everything you do, even if it's laundry. I hate doing laundry. Oh. Find something pleasurable about everything you do well, what you find pleasurable about it so i can write <laughs> so sniffing the dryer sheets she's uh, sniffing listen. the dryer sheets <laughs> i need to go from the positive because I, I hate laundry I oh hate my laundry. gosh i i just buy clothes instead of doing laundry sometimes so <laughs> for me I just put all like all my yellows together like oh let me see what the, you know that's how I kind of make laundry fun because oh, I do that yes all the yellows all the reds all the pink I have enough clothes it I takes do me one load of clothes laundry everything if you're a clothes gumbo if you are clothes you go in the same time and I'm just hoping I don't put bleach in there accidentally but you get oh my gosh yeah it's funny that is funny so now you have been such an amazing guest i feel like i've learned so much you i mean besides the acceptance like i just said and the flexible um the psychological flexibility but that was a gem that you just hit us with with the harmony versus balance um we know that's tough for most women especially minority women so giving us that nugget in the quality versus quantity in our time I think that's something we can use whether we have a family or not, right? Absolutely. But before we wrap up, I want to ask you one final question. Yes. So from your perspective, and I understand that, you know, one size won't fit all, but what are the top three things that people can do to maintain their mental health during this COVID season? I will say, I think I'm going to say the self-care and self-care um, is covers a lot. So I'm going to give you kind of three, there's like 11 points I make with self-care, but I'm going to give you a few. Self-care is individual. So you need to be able to identify what self-care means to you and describe the impact that your current self-care practices have on your personal, social, and professional life. Mm -hmm. um, the, also, throughout your day, again, just be intentional about saying, doing, and being all about those values that are important to you. So that means self-care requires structure. So self-care is individual. It requires structure. I also want to say that self-care requires bravery. So be brave. Mm. It's not, self-care should not be a luxury. It's not something where you think about sitting on the beach or sitting cross-legged going home. It is a basic psychological, emotional, physical, and spiritual, intellectual, and vocational need. And throughout life, we will experience lots of pain. And self-care helps us embrace that pain and minimize suffering in a more meaningful way. Um, 
So during this time when things truly are unpredictable, just take time to ensure that you stay well. Self-care is ethical. And so as professionals, we owe it to ourselves, our family, our coworkers, everybody that we work with to not become damaged by the work that we do. So going to Ebony, I know you're in the your trenches a lot. So you owe it to yourself to take care of yourself. So if you're feeling tired, then you need to do and listen to what your body's telling you because we, you can't do anything different if you don't. Nice. Nice. Oh, thank you for that. And I will remember it and I'll keep all these bullet points in place. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. all right, listeners, this has been a pretty weighty episode, but one that I also felt that we just had to record. COVID-19 has turned our world upside down in so many ways. And so we thought it would be helpful to not just talk about keeping our minds right, but give our listeners some practical strategies to do so. Before we wrap up, I want us to end this ep episode just thinking about Will we have a newfound appreciation for and or something that you have learned about yourself through this season of COVID-19? Ebony, why don't you kick us off? Newfound appreciation. Um, I think I have a newfound appreciation for um, quiet time. I think most people know we're all really busy. We're always really, really busy. Um, and these last few weeks have been even extra on that mountain of, of busy, but I've learned to appreciate having just time by myself. Um, and also I've, I've gained a real appreciation for my voice, meaning that um, I've been given a lot of opportunities to speak these last few days. And I've now thought that if, if I've given the chance to speak, I've, I best damn well have something important to say. And so um, really fine tuning and fine lining, what do I want my message to be? And instead of just saying a lot of stuff, say something that's actually effective, and efficient. Um, so yeah, so just appreciation of my voice. That's what about you, It's a good one. Yeah. Um, I would say gratitude. Mm -hmm. I've had um, a lot of opportunities to just reflect on why COVID. Like from my perspective, everything in life happens for a reason, right? Um, and so this is happening for a reason. And so taking time to really what that means, why it's going on, happening with you, how can you better after this? Are you being your best self in this? Are you taking advantage of the time that you have? Um, so that's one I've really been appreciating quality time. So when I'm talking to my parents, am I truly listening to what they're talking about? Am I trying to be a part of their world? Am mm -hmm. I talking to my mom about these weird ass reality shows that she loves? Am I trying to tune in too so I know exactly what she's talking about? Um, teaching my kids new games, family night, game night, like just that kind of stuff that I tend to enjoy with my friends. I'm making sure that I'm enjoying that with my family too. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah I, I'd say mine is similar to a lot of what you and Ebony have shared. I mean, I think what this is teaching me is um, the importance of presence. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm very much a... Uh, a goal-oriented checklist kind of girl and um, having that kind of outlook, I'm always kind of looking at the what's next, right? This is done, check. How do I get to the next thing? So even when I'm doing something, my mind's already planning the next. But um, I'm really enjoying this homeschool time and just 
having the opportunity. I know, I know I'm enjoying it because I were enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Like I'm getting into his world. Um, We're making all kinds of crazy artistic things. But I think the reason I'm able to enjoy it is because I'm allowing myself to just do that. And I'm not worried about anything else, but just the fact that we're making a monster out of a cardboard box and mm-hmm. he's having a ball. And you like, know what, Kelly? maybe that's why God let you do the sabbatical. I think so. This was that this was a message to you of, yeah, we, I need you at home. This is Absolutely. what life is going to look like for you. So. Absolutely. I mean, me and my bestie and me and my sister have talked about that quite a bit. Like, honestly, this might not have been the season to work at one of the largest social service agencies doing a job where I would have been stressed mm-hmm. and then also try to homeschool and also try to do good stuff. I mean, right. I'm a believer in God gives you what he knows you can handle. And right. maybe this was not my season to do all of that. And so- right. I recognize the blessing in that. And and that's also why I don't want to look back at COVID and be kicking myself because I was so hell bent on finding what was next Mm -hmm. that I couldn't even appreciate my time with my son and my husband. Yeah. Yeah. The the presence trying to be there present for Max and present for my husband and and present for myself. So, hey, right. Mindfulness. Um, To Nell, this has been incredible. Before we wrap up, why don't you share with our listeners what uh, COVID-19 has taught you? What, what are you learning about yourself during the season or what are you grateful for during the season? I'm actually grateful that I still am able to do what I'm able to do with people and be a part of their lives through telehealth. So um, I, I think that this is needed. I mean, besides the unfortunate loss of everybody, I think the earth needed a break. And so I've been able to kind of ex- accept it as like, this is probably a good thing. The animals need to kind of come back out and the fumes need to stop. And so again, everything about and all the stuff I have to smell when I'm in the community. Um, but I'm also grateful that I do a lot of driving around. So I I know my car, which already has over 100,000 miles on it, is like grateful that it gets to stay parked um, all, <laughs> all week long. So cute. Your ride is so cute. <laughs> my car is like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. So thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I hope this was helpful um, for everybody. Absolutely. Oh, so now tell our listeners where they can find you online. Yeah, I'm um, so I'm, I'm on Facebook as myself and all the social media. If you want to email me to get more information, email me at Tenelle, T-E-N-E-L-L-E-O Jones 27 at Gmail. And I always make my cell phone available because I do really good in self-care. You can call or text me at 843-364-7798. Now, you know, listen, you know, everybody, everybody right now is sending a text message. Right. Let's go ahead and Mike Jones moment. That was a Mike Jones moment. Right. So now you just put yourself out there and made your way. Jesus on that because people going to take you up on it. So she she did not say at 1.30 a.m. Right. (laughs) Not a opportunity because she is. You call it business hours, Eastern time, business hours. Okay. Respect. That. <laughs> so, Noah, thank you for that. That's that's incredible. Self-care is brave, and that was a great example of it, Tanel. Awesome <laughs> example. Seriously brave. So, 
um, to our listeners, if you want to learn more about who we are and what we do, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, Goodstock Consulting, and on Instagram at the B Word Unpacked. Also, you know, let us know if there's a B Word that you want us to unpack in future episodes. Until the next time, let's try to stay positive and let's keep unpacking. Learn more about Goodstock Consulting at www.goodstockconsulting.com. Be sure to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.